It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Bengals are heavy favorites in Week 7 against the Falcons at home. Will they take care of business? We'll break down the keys to the Bengals' victory. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team, the Cincinnati Bengals, every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow. We'll be delivered to your devices daily when we upload our content. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And hey, if you're making us your first listen, good job. We appreciate that too. James and Bengals play host to the Atlanta Falcons in week seven. And this is a game that has the makings of, in my opinion, the continued upward trend for this offense. There are things that teams will try to do, I think, for the rest of the season. We'll start to see a lot of the same stuff. But we started to see the Bengals figure it out last week. And while Grady Jarrett is a good player and Arnold Evacati is a promising player and, you know, A.J. Terrell is looking for a revenge game and was really good last year, this defense for the Falcons doesn't seem to me to really have the teeth to slow down this Bengals offense. And, I feel like the last time I said this, it didn't go great for the Bengals offense. But since then, they've scored 27 plus points in three out of their last four games. And it feels like things are starting to go in the right direction. And that's my intuition to start the week. And I think is is probably going to be really important against a team that wants to run the ball and has been doing it really well when they have the ball. If the Bengals can keep things going on offense and be efficient then if Atlanta tries to shorten the game, it doesn't matter as much. There's less pressure because the Bengals are playing well and clicking when they have the ball. And I think the matchup kind of lends itself in that direction. You'd certainly hope so. You know, I, I want to see this offense move. And I, I'm much like I, I didn't want to talk about the offensive line a ton. And we've had to tailor that back a little bit, at least negatively. Tailor that back a little bit, which is nice. It's moving in the right direction. And oddly enough, as it moves in the right direction, what happens? Joe Mixon is more efficient, might not be getting the number of touches that he was earlier in the year, but more effective with the touches he is getting, which is kind of what I recall saying coming into this year. Like, yeah, he might not get way more touches than he did last season, but he might do more with them. And that was the ultimate goal in, in my eyes when I envisioned this run game. And then obviously last week, Joe Burrow, what he did, Looking like the Joe Burrow of the past, I I was talking to a veteran player in the locker room on Thursday, and he was like, oh, he looked like Joe again. And when when someone, a veteran especially, that's been around the league says that, you you already know that the, the team is, not that they didn't buy in before, but 
you just think, all right, now it's time to get rolling. He's back. Superman's back. He he went to the phone booth. It took a couple of weeks, but now he came back and he's got the cape. And people are going to hate that reference because, well, what, Cam Newton or whoever, whatever. I'm going to go with Spider-Man. Peter Parker was losing his, his senses a little bit and then came back in his back to the nerd-loving self by day and Spider-Man whenever New York needs him. And so if everyone in that locker room believes that, and this veteran did, and he was a member of the team last year when Joe Burrow went crazy when they needed him to in big moments. Why can't this offense, you know, continue its upward trajectory against a beatable Falcons defense? And yeah, Jamar Chase limited with the hip on Wednesday and Thursday. Feels like he's going to play. I think the Bengals are, you know, being cautious with him. He jogged out to the practice field today uh, on Thursday with T. Higgins, who was a full participant, which is a good sign. So your skill players should be good. We'll see about Alex Kappa. He missed because of an illness. But overall, this offense is in pretty good shape health-wise, I think. And they should be, uh, you know, close to, if not 100% on Sunday. Yeah, and Hayden Hurst continues to be limited on the injury report with a groin injury that he's been listed as limited for. feels like all year, if it's not actually been all year, it's been at least several weeks at this point. And so... You're right that they are healthy on offense and if they can keep things going the way they've kind of been going. This is this is why I like the matchup for the Bengals this week is that the Atlanta Falcons don't defend anything particularly well outside of Grady Jarrett being a very good player. We talked about him with Aaron yesterday from Lockdown Falcons and you can go Can check they out. just leave him in Cincinnati? Yeah, that'd be uh-huh. great, right? Can, can we just, can we pull off the trade? I, I don't okay. know. Probably not. But mid game, uh, mid game, just hey, great, right. come over here, yeah, and, and help defend the run and put pressure on. All right, go ahead. Yeah, mostly go be a pass rusher for Grady Jarrett, but he can do it all. Sure, kind of like Gino did it all. But one one fun stat. This is from SharpFootballAnalysis.com's writer mm-hmm. Rich Rabar, which I I hope I got that name right. I don't know if the last name is correct. Atlanta. When the Bengals run the ball, is 29th in the NFL in allowing yards per carry to runs out of the shotgun. They're allowing almost six yards per carry against shotgun runs. And Frank Pollock was talking about this after practice on Thursday as well. The the move to the shotgun, getting these guys downhill, this conscientious or conscious shift toward these gap downhill, a lot of duo, a lot of a lot of kind of man blocking stuff out of the shotgun that the Bengals have been doing in addition to some split zone, some inside zone that could continue to be really efficient this week and get the Bengals those opportunities again to push the ball downfield later in the game. So if they can get the run game going a little bit early, continue to show that, yeah, we're going to continue to be patient, take the underneath stuff, make you tackle us. We're going to continue to put ourselves ahead of the chains, which they did a great job of against Mm -hmm. the saints. They were very rarely behind the chains. Yep. And, and one time they had like the first and 27 or whatever it was, they converted it anyway. Or I, I don't remember the exact situation, but if they can get the offense going early in that way. That's how they get themselves opportunities later. And that's how the offense continues its upward trajectory against another defense that I think gives them the opportunity to do so. Yeah. You, you just need Burrow to continue to be patient and be willing to get to second and six and in third and one. And, you know, a big topic, on Wednesday during his news conference was third down and third down for Burrow, third down for Chase. Jeff Hobson noting that Chase leads the NFL in third down receptions, which 
it's kind of wild sounding and, and you could look up plenty of different numbers that I don't have handy at the moment about, about Joe Burrow and third downs this year so far. And look, the way you do that is by making it easier on yourself on first and second down. And that's, uh, that's something they did last week. And, and hopefully they can do that. Now, that's not just Burrow, or that's not just the run game. That's also pre-snap penalties with this offensive line, which they haven't done. And, and they've been able to clean those up some. And, and just being dialed in. And I, I, Because if they are, let's be honest, everyone said that they were going to beat the Falcons before the season. Everyone had the Bengals, even including people in Atlanta, had the Bengals winning this game. So it's just one of those where you want to start exactly how you plan to. You, you want the offense to get going and hit Atlanta in the mouth and and kind of take a little pressure off of your defense because as we talk about that, they're obviously more beaten up and more injured. Yeah, and we're going to have to talk about the defense as well. And, and one of the differences in this game with – the early season seven point favorite games where, where they go and they lost to Pittsburgh and they lost to Dallas mm-hmm. is, you know, we talked about this. There's no Micah Parsons. There's no TJ Watt. There's no Miles Garrett. There, there's none of these guys there. And there's and a Grady another, Jarrett. There's a Grady Jarrett, but they haven't, I mean, that's, they've had issues with the edge guys more than anything. And I know going yeah. back to last year, you could talk about the playoff game against against Tennessee, for example. You could talk about all the stunts and all these sorts of things and stuff they've had trouble with in the past. But this year, it's really been those edge guys in those first two weeks that really torpedoed the offense. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a relief, I would say. I also think that the tackles are playing better now, I think. Right? You haven't seen any of the, that those type of caliber players to, to really mm-hmm. put them up against. We will in a week on Monday night football. So we'll be able to judge them then, but yeah, hopefully uh, it works out there. But my, my fear is the interior pressure, right? You, you just, you don't want to deal with that as a quarterback. Like if you ask quarterbacks, you'd rather it from one of the edges so you can roll out or move and, and see it coming versus For sure. right up the gut. It's just, it's just harder to do out the middle. That's why you see yeah. the, the highest numbers, uh, the biggest sack numbers, the biggest pressure numbers from edge guys year in, year out. And, there's only one Aaron Donald. I know Grady Jarrett's really good, but he's not at that level. I wouldn't even say he's quite a Jeffrey Simmons level. The, the guy that for the Titans made life hell for this offense last year in the playoffs. Oh, so oh. different group of guys in there and, and we'll see what plan they have to deal with it. But I, I'm excited to see what the offense does this week, because I do think it's another opportunity for things to continue to go. Well, we'll continue our preview. Some of the keys to victory for this team, overcoming some injuries on the defensive side of the ball is certainly going to be a factor We'll have to get into that coming up next. If you're like me, you want to keep your family safe and you like saving money. I know I like saving money and I certainly want to protect Rapine Manor. And the way you can do that is with Simply Safe. And right now, Locked On Bengals listeners are getting 40% off Simply Safe's advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home security of 2022 by US News. They love it. I love it. You're going to love it. Because it's simply safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. Whether it's the 24-7 professional monitoring, whether it's the HD cameras that you can use your cell phone to, to tap into and be able to see exactly what's going on outside of your house, inside of your house, whether it's anything, uh, you know, monitoring each door and having the sensors on, on the windows, it, it simply fit safe is going to keep you safe. Whether you're on the road with the Bengals like me, whether you're at home with 24-7 professional monitoring. So check them out right now and don't miss this chance to save big 
when you can protect your home with the best. Get 40% off your order. 40. Get that 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL today. Customize the perfect system for you and your family. That's S-I-M-P-L-I safe.com slash locked on NFL. It'll only take a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jens, let's talk about this defense. When Atlanta has the ball, they have a very clear plan. Their offensive line, their entire scheme, Arthur Smith coming down from Tennessee, they want to run the ball. They don't care if they're down. Their offense is predicated on running the ball. They've got an athletic quarterback in Marcus Mariota. They've got a a running back by committee going on without Cordero Patterson, who resurrected his career as a, a very successful running back. He's on the injured reserve. For the Falcons, but we know that running backs don't matter. Sorry. Maybe not we. Running backs are less important than other aspects of running the football, and the Falcons' running game continues <sighs> to tick. Now, for the other side of the ball, for the Bengals, DJ Reader is what makes the Bengals' run defense tick, and helping that cause is Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson's been on the rehab f- field this week along with DJ Reader at times. Those guys aren't going to like in the case of, of Logan Wilson, likely play. In the case of DJ Reader, certainly won't play. The Bengals will have to overcome without a nose tackle. They haven't made a move. That means there's going to be a practice squad call-up one way or the other to play mm-hmm. nose tackle this week. It's going to be more J2 Fele. It's going to be a lot of BJ Hill, more Zach Carter, and they have to contend with a really good running game. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's a tough challenge. I was talking to another veteran, not the same veteran, another veteran today. And he said, yeah, they're going to run it. And he's on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to run it. And he's uh, he's a starter, right? And so they're, they know that they're going to be pretty sore after this one. And it's going to be a physical one where they have to, to make tackles at all three levels, whether you're a corner, whether you're one of these linebackers that are, are, are stepping up in, in Logan Wilson's place, assuming he doesn't play and, he looks good on the rehab field. It's weird. He's extending his shoulders, everything like that, catching passes on the run uh, above his head. I just – it feels too soon, so who knows? Uh, you know, maybe by the time some of you are listening to this, we know more, and obviously we'll keep you up to date on Logan Wilson one way or the other. But let's just assume he's out. Well, n- now Akeem Davis Gaither has obviously got to step up and, and he'll slide in next to Jermaine Pratt. And so – the, the Falcons are going to want to test that. They're going to want to test J2 Fele, right? Or even BJ Hill playing as many snaps as he'll likely have to play. And, and so it, it's going to be tough. Is it Tyler Shelvin? Tyler Shelvin fist bumped Lou Anaruma before practice today. How many times does a practice squad player do that? Maybe every day, maybe not every day. So maybe this is a, <laughs> maybe this is a Shelvin week, right? And so it probably is. I mean, that's probably the move. Maybe it's Khalid Kareem instead, but I, I would imagine it's Shelvin. And so this is another opportunity for him to show that he can help a team that is in, you know, not desperation mode, 
but they're pretty thin at that defensive tackle spot and it would be nice to have a space eater in there. So it's going to be tough and it's sort of the perfect storm because you're losing Logan Wilson. You don't have potentially, and you don't have DJ reader. That's two anchors in the middle of that defense uh, on on the first two levels that, that you just don't have. And that matters, especially going up against a Falcons team that is going to run, run and run some more. Yeah. And Dominic Davis will be the other guy. That, that we haven't talked about. We did see that Shelvin was the, the call-up earlier this year, and so that does suggest that he's ahead of Dominic Davis in the in the pecking order, but he played a lot in the preseason, did Davis, 94 preseason snaps to Shelvin 65, as, as Shelvin Uh-oh. was kind of slowly Uh-oh. getting into shape, missed all of the first preseason games. So what did you mean by slowly, Jake? What did you mean by that? I mean that he didn't play in the first preseason game. Is what I meant. Uh, I'm just messing. Uh huh. Junior, by the way, also while we're on the topic of of practice squad call ups, really quick, mi- missing practice or limited in practice on Thursday with a hamstring, and so that could be a possibility for another practice squad call up this week if they need somebody to come up and play special teams. But uh, yeah, to, to defend the run, one of these guys is going to have to step up, or it's going to look a lot like last week when the Saints' running game couldn't be stopped. Now. The upside for the Bengals here is that when it got into the red zone, they were able to keep the the Saints offense out of the end zone. And and so if they can do the same thing again, if they can get those stops and hold teams to field goals, then you're not necessarily as worried about it. But the Saints did score on many consecutive drives at one point in that game because they were continuing to chew up yards between the 20s. And, and you could see that again this week, or maybe not. Maybe they find a way. And the other thing that I think will be interesting is whether it is Akeem Davis-Gaither for this entire game, or if they try to rotate Marcus Bailey in there a little bit more with him being a larger player. Maybe they like him better defending mm-hmm. the run. So if they go 5-2 or 4-3 or 3-4, or sorry, 5-2-3-4 with Hubbard and Hendrickson or Hubbard and Sample or whoever being – your outside linebackers, if they go with a, a five-man front, do they bring in Marcus Bailey there and, and use Marcus Bailey and Akeem Davis-Gaither as sub-package players based on the personnel for the Falcons and and try to get those matchups a little bit? That'll be something interesting to see uh, how they use those guys. Because even last week after Logan Wilson got hurt very late in the game, Davis-Gaither was only in there. He had zero run defense snaps last week against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Because that's not where you want him, right? That's, it's just, it, it's not, it, you know, in a perfect world, you have him, you know, fast, athletic, not the biggest guy in the world. You know, he's, he's Logan Wilson, but like 25 pounds less. That's why Logan's special is because he's got the size, but he can also run and he's got all of the other, uh, you know, aspects of it. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it would be a tough test and it's going to be, I know our listeners, I could feel it as you were going through like, well, Clay Johnston exists too. And I just, I, you know, I think he's, he's in the pecking order. He's just, you know, these, Mar- you know, Mark, what about Joe Bacci? These 2020 is he, is he back this week linebacker class. He could be, they love him. They love him. I mean, I, but again, I think he's, it's just the pecking order. Like, if he mm-hmm. comes back, it would just be freeing up Marcus Bailey from some of his special team snaps. So Bailey can go on defense and relieve uh, Akeem Davis Gaither. They could, you know, figure that part out. The other thing that you mentioned, and I know the Bengals defense is really frustrated with themselves last week because they couldn't get off the field. And that, like, I'm almost okay with them giving up points occasionally here. And 
in, in trading it off, even if it's seven and then trading it off for a three and out on the next drive, then back-to-back field goals where it takes a bunch of time because it put a lot of pressure on this Bengals offense, which played really, really well. And if you have this, you know, uh, time-sucking Atlanta offense just moving mm-hmm. the ball slowly up and down the field, well, guess what that does? That limits how, how much damage Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and company can do. And that's uh, that's obviously Atlanta's game plan this week. It probably a huge part of it. And, and you really hope to avoid that as much as possible if you're this defense. Yeah, this is a third straight week. They're going to face that kind of game plan from a team trying to keep the Bengals' offense off the field. The Ravens won the game doing so because the Bengals couldn't do anything with their first four drives. And the offense a little bit more productive against the Saints last week. We're going to see it again with the Browns next week. We're going to see it with the Falcons this week. And, you know, even though they have these great weapons in Drake London, who's been fantastic as a rookie, and Kyle Pitts, who is a freak, they're going to run the ball a bunch. And so obviously the secondary has to be aware of those guys and has to have a good plan for Kyle Pitts and Drake London. But the focus, obviously, for Luana Rumo's unit this week is on stopping the run. More to talk about. We'll give you our closing thoughts as the Bengals prepare for their Week 7 opponent. They're back at home, which is a good thing for this team. And we'll wrap up that preview to finish the show coming up next. It's week seven, and if you haven't gotten to bet online yet, well, you need to because the Bengals favored. They're back at home, and in their words, they're ready to make a run here, and we'll see if they can do it. Maybe you believe in them. Maybe you don't. Well, either way, you can wager on them right now at Bet Online and start making money. You're watching the games anyway, right? I, I do this with the NBA all the time. I'm excited the NBA is back. It's kind of my probably what Locked on Bengals is for you, like step out of reality. You get to enjoy Well, guess what? I can wager on the NBA with Bet Online and make money. I did last year on the Warriors pre-NBA Finals. Might have to wager on Steph and company again. Who knows if I'll go that route? Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll go the Luka route. Certainly not going the Lakers route, but the point is, is you could wager on NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, boxing, MMA, golf, and so much more in one spot. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, let's, you, you said 27-24, that's right? Or is it 27-23? No. 27-23. I, I could give you my logic and expand upon it if you want. That is the direction I would like to go here. Okay. Now, how do you think this, how do you think the game flows? Because I, I see another 30-point opportunity here for this offense this week. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised you're less bullish than me. What what's your what's your rationale there? Hard to get the thirty when you don't have the ball. I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to stop this Falcons offense to a degree. I think they they will when it matters and in big moments. And I don't think it's it's going to be exactly like the Saints game was. But if Atlanta takes care of the ball, then to me this offense they're just not going to have as many possessions as you would anticipate, especially if they have to dink and dunk their way early, like we had talked about. So. I think the offense is going to be fine. I think they're they're going to start pretty fast, score on one of the first two possessions, I'll say. It would be nice to score first and then not have the turnover 
get a three and out and score again and really jump on this Falcons team. And I think they're capable of doing that. But historically, in the, I'll say 2021 on, in the good Bengals era, right? I don't want to say Joe Burrow era, but the good Bengals era, they, they haven't been as good at home. It's kind of a weird thing. And so we'll see. It, it's a, a fired up Atlanta team. It's a team that in Atlanta that really believes in itself right now. And so I, I think they'll have a pretty good showing and play pretty well. I just think the Bengals are more talented and they'll play a bit better, make a, a play or two down the stretch. And that's why it'd be tough not to take the points on bet online right now. The points. Yeah. Five, you know, five and a half or six, depending on, you know, when you look this week and it was at six and a half at one point, but it, it dropped to six, I believe. The, the last time I talked smack about a defensive back Don't do and their it. tackling ability, it was uh, Marcus Peters, who oh. was not known for his tackling. What, and then what did he do? And had like two of the best tackles of his life against the Bengals. AJ, Tyler Boyd, right? He, he was on, on that Tyler Boyd play. And, uh, and Hayden Hurst. Like he stacked up Hayden Hurst, who has dragged defenders after the catch more than a few times this year. AJ Terrell has missed seven tackles for the Atlanta Falcons this year. Hmm. And that is a 20% missed tackle rate. It hasn't been just one bad game either. Missed two tackles in week one, missed two tackles in week four, missed two tackles in week five, another one in week six. In his last few weeks, he's missed five tackles and has only made three, three solo tackles, two assisted tackles. So, my thinking is, what did we see Jamar Chase do last week? He he broke a tackle and, and took a ball 60 yards after the catch or whatever it was, a little bit less, 45 yards, 50 yards yeah. after the catch. It was 11 yeah. yards downfield. There's an opportunity here for, for Jamar Chase if they need to go underneath again, if they can get him, if they can get him isolated against A.J. Terrell, even if it's underneath. He's a guy that has been lethal after the catch with the ball in his hands, we're starting to see that from him again this year. Did it a couple times last week against the Saints with, Saints with massive plays after the catch. There's an opportunity there for that this week against A.J. Terrell. And then the other corner for Atlanta, I just see as a big wild card in Darren Hall. He's a second-year player. He's played a total of 367 pro snaps. Was really good last week against San Francisco. But this is a, a fourth-round pick. Who, who's stepping in for a veteran and has a stiff test. T. Higgins, if, if he's truly 100% being a full participant in practice with Jamar Chase on the other side of the field, if they're going to continue to put Jamar Chase in the slot, move him around the way they did last week, I mean, I, I just, I like the Bengals' weapons this week. You know, a couple of weeks yeah. ago against the Ravens, you were, you were more bullish on it. And I, I said, I don't know if this is a week, but I, I feel pretty good about this week. We'll see. We'll see if you are right this week and, and I'm the wrong one this time. I mean, 27 is still way more than their season average, season average now. Yeah. Right? Well, but that so, includes like disaster ga- disaster week one too. It includes a lot of disaster because I think anytime they don't score 30, it's a, you know, it's kind of disappointing. You know, I, I just, I just think that the, the possessions are going to be limited and maybe not, you know, if the, if the defense plays better than I'm anticipating, then yeah, you're right. This, there's no reason this offense shouldn't go, for that. I just, I don't know. I, I need, I need to see a bit more. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with you, by the way, I like T Higgins against anyone. I, I like Jamar against anyone. Like it's, it's so funny, like answering, you know, when we do matchups and every week it's going to be Jamar versus 
Well, I'm taking Jamar. Spoiler alert, locked on Bengals listeners. I'm not betting against them. I've, I've watched receivers for years and years not do what Jamar's done in a year and, what, five, six games? Six games. Like, he's insane. And so he could have a big game. Tyler Boyd again. I think he's a key early. Get him involved. Get those chains moving. And everything else will open up, right? I mean, think about it. Even when Randy Moss was on the Patriots, did Wes Welker exist? Oh, yeah, he did. And I get it. I, I'm not saying Tyler Boyd is Wes Welker, but having a reliable slot receiver is such a big deal in, in, in an offense. And mm-hmm. yeah, that can be Chase when he lines up there. I get that. But I also think that Tyler Boyd, there aren't many third corners or starting nickel corners like Mike Hilton versus Tyler Boyd. And, and Mike Hilton's one of the best starting nickels in the league. Like that's, it's a great matchup. And Tyler's going to get his, you know, if they're going head to head. And so, I think Tyler Boyd could have a, another solid week. I'm not going to say big week, but but he should be productive again on Sunday. I feel like there actually just aren't very many great slot corners in the NFL right now. Like we we're coming out of a golden era of slot corner. Like Marlon Humphrey plays a lot in the slot for Baltimore, but he also plays outside. Ramsey will play the slot a lot, but he'll play outside too. You know the the the. Bryce Callahan's and Chris Harris Jr.'s and Leon Hall's of the world, they're not they're not really around right now. So there should be an opportunity for for Tyler Boyd most weeks. This week's no exception to that, going against Isaiah Oliver, who's given up yards. So so I think there's an opportunity for Boyd again. And I think that is something that we should continue to see this week and something that I'm gonna be watching closely. Do they stay in that gun offense? Do they continue to incorporate a lot of RPO? in the offense and does that continue to include choice opportunities meaning you have a read and you can choose which way you're breaking if you're Tyler Boyd in the slot and and making reads based on leverage and and getting some free yards that way because it was pretty successful for them against the Saints and it is something I would like to see continued and expanded upon Hayden Hurst revenge game dot 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 question mark question mark dot dot question mark he hasn't shied away from it right no, I mean, that's the thing is literally since he got to Cincinnati, Hayden Hurst has been like, thank you, Jesus. And whether you believe or not, that's how he his first news conference, it was that way. It was like, man, coaches that believe in me, I'm so excited to be in this system. I know I can make a big difference in the NFL, and I haven't been given the right opportunity, whether it was Baltimore or Atlanta and whatever circumstances. And it's like, I finally have a chance. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty damn close to what he uh, articulated and relayed to us time and time and time again. And so now he gets his chance. Guarantee he's going to be a captain on Sunday. I just Mm -hmm. put it there now and would not be uh, shocked at all if they try to get him involved in that. Because just I know you don't game plan it that way, right? Would be nice to see him, you know, go off against his former team, and I, I could see him, you know, having a pretty big day. And look, he's he's made big plays already. It's not like mm-hmm. it wouldn't be, uh, you know, part of the offense to get him get him going. Yeah, he's been really solid for the Bengals. He's shown that catch radius that that you like to see with a big target like him, big athletic target. He's been productive when his number has been called. He's caught twenty three of his twenty nine targets. It's pretty good. Uh, catching 80% of his targets, give or take. He's 14th in the NFL among tight ends and receiving yards, which is, you know, again, solid. And honestly, he's coming off his best game as a run blocker. 
had a couple really impressive runs. And maybe this style of run game that the Bengals have gone to here the last two weeks is going to be a better fit for him. One of the plays that I tweeted this week, and I didn't tweet very many, was him on, I think it was Duo, sealing off Cam Jordan well enough for Joe Mixon to gain like six, seven yards. I mean, Cam Jordan, Hayden Hurst in the run game? How many times in the in the last few years have we said, can we stop blocking defensive ends with tight ends? And and here we have Hayden Hurst making a really good block in the mm-hmm. running game to, to get hey. Joe Mixon a, a nice game. He hasn't been so great as a pass blocker. Don't ask him to do that too much. But in the run game last week, he was pretty impressive. Yeah, he, he doesn't have the, you know, he's not the same build as CJ Uzama, where you have this, I, I'm sure his arms are shorter if you measured them, who knows. They're thicker though. Dude's built like Hercules. And so can he, if he gets moving in the run game a little bit, can he move someone? Yeah, I, I think so. But the, the fun part is watching him with the ball in his hands and would not be shocked at all if we see a five, six reception game from Hayden Hurst. Regardless, I'll take the Bengals in a, a close one. I just don't think they're they're humming all the way there yet. They're dealing with some things. It's hard to win in the NFL. Like I got asked on Thursday morning, I was doing a radio hit. I was like, I expected the Bengals to blow out the Saints. It, it's hard to do on the road in general in the NFL. It's hard to do anytime, but certainly on the road. And then it's hard to do on the road when you you fumble a punt, and you're down mm-hmm. seven nothing, and you're kind of chasing the game. I don't think they'll be chasing the game in this one, but I, I think Atlanta is tough enough to hang around. Maybe I'm wrong. It would be nice if I'm I was wrong, just because it, it makes the the final four minutes or so of the fourth quarter much easier on me if if we know the outcome. They they do have to take care of the ball. Those are that that early turnover against the Saints on on the fumble changed punt. everything. Changed yeah, everything. I mean, the, maybe they do blow out the Saints if that doesn't happen. There, there's a big butterfly effect there because it gets the Saints ahead. It makes the Saints very comfortable, and the and the Falcons are going to be more comfortable running the ball from behind. But when you're running the ball with the lead, then you can change your approach even to running the ball to slow the game down and and compress the game as you're talking about. As teams, I think, are going to try to do against this team. But if you're behind. Even if you're running the ball, you have to keep up the tempo a little bit because you have to make sure you have enough possessions to score enough points, especially if you're not scoring touchdowns. So taking care of the ball, especially early when the game is in the balance, you know, at any point the game is in the balance, but I think especially early in this one should help the Bengals get off to a good start. But we need to see that fast start. We've seen it two times out of four games, out of six games this year. And uh, if they can make it three and, and they can do that a little bit more consistently, that goes a long way for this team that has been excellent on defense in the third quarter, excellent in fourth quarter in general and getting games close, but it, it can make it easier for themselves. It's, it's time to get over 500, Jake. Let's it's about, it. It, it, it's, it's time to get over 500 and they're the defending AFC champions for a reason. And it's Joe Burrow versus Marcus Mariota. And so it's time to take advantage of this before that back yeah. half of the schedule gets really, really tough, which yeah, the Bengals can't. are aware of. Can't let another game slip away to a team that probably is worse than you. The Falcons are rebuilding in many ways. They have a bridge quarterback playing. This needs to be a game for the Bengals to win and all the better if they do so in dominant fashion because then we can feel like they truly have turned the corner. And that is the best case scenario, I would say, for this team this week. Either way, no matter how it goes, we'll be here to cover the game after it finishes on Sunday, we'll have your game recap. And then it's on to Monday Night Football, Halloween, Cleveland Browns, Week 8. Anyway, before then, 
We'll cover week seven. So make sure you come check out the post game show. And until next time, Bengals fans, we appreciate you listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Good day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.